everybody. So today in our space to talk about Philippinex experience, we're going to talk about white people. <laughs> <laughs> Solid six months old, not too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid six months old. Welcome to our fourth episode of Dirty Nanai. We are Rissa and Z, and we are two Philippine ex mamas who thought that hey. One of the ways that we can erode the impact of white supremacy and coloniality in our Filipino culture and our parenting practices is to get drunk and talk about it. We aim to normalize a bunch of shit that people are typically hush-hush about, model authenticity, and create a space to make it easier for other Filipino ex-folks to be their authentic selves. Exactly. And the conversation doesn't stop here. Follow us on Instagram, Dirty Nanai, and on Facebook, Dirty Nanai. And our Philippine X community space where most of the conversations happen that inspire our topics. Dirty Nanai, happy hour. This last one is a private group for Philippine X parents and parents who co-parent with Philippine X folks or parent Philippine X kiddos. So membership is filtered, which means we will stalk you to make sure you're legit. I mean, Facebook stalk you, not like, like illegally stalk you. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> also, please support our podcast through Patreon. <laughs> Finally, the biggest shout out to Chubzilla and Bill Beats for our dope intro and outro music. <laughs> we are so cool with them. Like our podcast is like infinitely cooler because of their music. So yes. Yay. Thank you. Yes. Um, we also want to give a special shout out to our very first voicemail it is wonderful so um at the end of each episode just like a marvel movie we're gonna have um some voicemails that um, we can play um where we get even more insight from different filipinx voices um this last one that um, we listened to was was pretty inspiring so we will definitely drop that after the episode so stay tuned woot woot and also another special shout out to our first patreon subscriber matt dc and because of that tier system matt dc is a disgusting dirty nanai follower so woot woot yeah 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 thank you matt for your support we love you Thank you. All right. So today on Dirty Nanai, Z and I are going to be discussing our experience as Filipinx women married to non-Filipinx people, asking each other questions that you don't just, you know, make small talk about at a party. So technically, if you're looking at the date right now, I know it is past Valentine's Day and this was supposed to be our Valentine's Day special. So this episode was going to be dedicated about love, but... It's been a really hectic time the past couple of weeks. So as we model authenticity in our podcast, we also want to model the importance of prioritizing self-care. 
Exactly. We want to keep having fun when we're doing this. Um, and when you hear us in our podcast, you know, we, we want to be um, feeling good. That's why we want to prioritize self-care. Um, speaking of self-care, uh, Z and I will be hosting a virtual happy hour with our folks from the Dirty Nanai Happy Hour group to have an honest and hopefully healing discussion on the recent uptick of violence in our API community. Um, many of us APIs are hurting and, you know, amid the violence, um, some nuances have surfaced, like an increase of anti-Blackness within our API community or just dealing with our proximity to whiteness as API folks. And that has further complicated our processing and healing. Um, to keep our virtual happy hour a safe space, we are inviting folks in our Dirty Nanai Happy Hour group to join us. Um, we're still figuring out dates because it is something that we just came up with um, with the help of some folks, or actually it was inspired by the folks um, in our Dirty Nanai Happy Hour group. Um, but in any case, if you are interested in joining the discussion, join our group our happy hour group. Um, if you are a parent and are part of the Philippine X community, join the Dirty Nanai happy hour group. Um, and that's a way for you to join our, um, our safe space um, Zoom happy hour to have a discussion about this. Yes, so important. Um, so I'm not really sure how to segue into our topic after this. So I'm just going to play music right now. <laughs> Marsha Zilla. Be me. I'm brightly the seven seas. When you don't give a fuck, it's a breeze. Set sail, better come aboard. I'm a ghost. Stealing booty from a lesser house. So you know, I'm the time to be chill. Run the jump, I got my eye on. Be by the side of a scion. Zilla rap all day. And I say, I'm shit. Because I get my way, my way. So since the episode is dedicated to love, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, so Z, have you ever heard of the celebrity free pass? Yes. So I have heard of it. <laughs> okay. So um, I guess my question for you is um, who, okay. I know and this is kind of a weird one to ask like adolescent Z about because it can be two things. Okay. Uh -huh. um, well, I wonder if there's like a different term between, you know, instead of celebrity free pass, cause it, 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 there's, there's a little bit of like sexual aspect to it. And like, it's kind of weird talking about that and then talking about your adolescent crush. Mm, weird. Okay. So I, maybe I'll just say like um, a crush. Okay. So your crush, your, your celebrity crush. All right. Um, so I think I asked this in the Dirty Nanai happy hour group, mm -hmm. but okay. So tell me who your celebrity crush was um, as a, let me think, a 13 year old <laughs> and your, ce your celebrity crush now, who is your celebrity free pass? Okay. Oh, that's easy. Um, so 13-year-old me had the biggest crush on Leonardo DiCaprio. So, um, but Titanic days, though. Titanic days. Um, and also when he was on, what is it called? Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, my God. I loved him there. 
Yes. So hot there. Yes. 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 I wanted to just kick Claire Danes out of that scene or out of that movie and be like, Leonardo DiCaprio, marry me instead. Don't die. Marry me. So um, <laughs> he would be my adolescent crush. Yes. My celebrity free pass as of this moment. I don't know how to fucking like pronounce his real name, like actor name in real life. But the Duke of Hastings from fucking Bridgerton. Do you know who that is? I've okay, so I've not seen the show, but I have seen him referenced by a oh, lot. Oh, he's fine. <laughs> People he's, attracted to that is yeah. <laughs> he's fine. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. There are all these like little like little marks on top of like ease, and I'm like, yeah. okay, how do you say this? Is it Reggie? Reggie? Reggie John? I have no idea, but he's fine. I don't give a fuck. I, I don't care cute. what your he's name cute. is. <laughs> You're over the age of 30. Like, I'm fine with you. I think, like, anything under the age of 25 for me right now is, like, messing <gasps> around with an embryo. Yeah, yes! I'm, I'm like, oh, you're you're hairless. I'm like, no, I don't want, I don't, ooh. I need, like, chest hair, a little bit of chest uh, hair, a little bit of stubble or something. Right. It's yeah. like, I have to teach you a little bit about life. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, yeah. Like, I just, I don't, I don't want someone, like, too green. <laughs> like, yes, I agree. 25-year-olds yes. and under, to me, are just, like, babies. So. Yeah. 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 Pass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Adolescent Rissa really loved Devin Sawa. Shout out Devin Sawa. Oh, I love Devin Sawa. Beautiful. And he's still beautiful. Um, to this day, um, someone told me about his Instagram and I'm like, and I'm stalking him. But yeah, he's so funny and beautiful. And young Devon Sawa was my biggest crush. And he had a very similar hair to the young Leo DiCaprio. So I, <laughs> I don't know what I really want to explore. I want to explore this a little bit more. Um, but uh, my future my future i mean my current my current celebrity pass is jesse williams that beautiful man (gasps) dr jackson avery from gray's anatomy yes yes, oh he's gorgeous his eyes are just beautiful beautiful man inside out um just i think what really got to me was um how overt he is with social justice work oh Um, yeah and he's so he's just such an intelligent, intelligent, intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that he he speaks about social justice and um, black advocacy is just swoon worthy. Yeah, that's sexy. So I do want to point out a really interesting pattern. And in that we go from white both, to black. Yes, for both of us. <laughs> Because I was going to say, like, if my if my number one was Leonardo DiCaprio and then to Duke of Hastings, I was like, my close number two would be Devin Sawa and, like, Jesse Williams because they're also, like, really fine. Yes. Yes. But it's just, like, such a funny, like, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, transition. Well, okay. So I want to explore this more because I swear there I, ha- I have a point with this. Um, 
Okay, so um, think about the patterns of like the people that you've had a crush on in your early days and then post-college. Can I make <laughs> okay. a guess about you? Sure. I'm going to make a guess, okay? Okay. Most of the guys that you've had crushes on in like from – so between – Elementary. I don't know. I had a crush on somebody in elementary. So elementary mm-hmm. to college or like right before college, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit in college, are mostly white guys or East Asian guys. Wait, those are like two different <laughs> <laughs> Do you want – so your first guess is uh, – No, I'm saying both. Like um, I, I'm saying you – Oh, both? That you've had crushes um, on white guys or East Asian guys. Yeah, that's that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, I would say they're mostly like Asian folks, though, from like elementary school to high school. Because, well, high school in the Philippines, not that many white folks over mm. there. <laughs> so I, I kind oh, of yeah, had no choice. True. Yeah. And yeah. then like being in Hawaii just a lot of Asian people there. A lot of, um, you know, like Hapa. So like half white, yes. half Asian folks. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like in like young you, um, and you got to be honest with this, right? Young uh-huh. you um, didn't have a crush on a black guy or a Filipino guy that's brown. Like a brown Filipino guy. So not Mestiza. I've had a crush on a brown Filipino guy mm-hmm. in, in like middle school. But no black guy because I didn't really know that many black guys like in my school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't even like think of like anyone in my social circle. But even in the celebrity world, right? Oh, celebrity. Yeah. And – I think I'm making this point because it really, really shows. I mean, I'm just trying to <clears throat> let me see if I can formulate this, but like it really shows how impacted we are with like white supremacy and how we view attractiveness, like in, you know, like before really exploring and dismantling our own um, perspectives of um, attractiveness and like partner viability. viability. I think that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I can do that. Like, you know, like I'm just thinking about like Teen Bop or something like that, right? They mm-hmm. often showcase the white dudes. It's the same white dudes. Right. <laughs> with the same haircut. Um, right. Right? Like people were talking about, like when I asked this question to a few folks, people were talking about like JTT or mm-hmm. Nick Carter, right? Mm-hmm. Or like it's the same type of white guys. Insane, right. Backstreet Boys, 98 mm-hmm. Degrees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then amongst Filipinos, like a lot of the um, – a lot of the people that are being like showcased in um, – what do you call it? In the media are very Mestiza, right? Right. Like very East Asian looking, mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. Korean looking or um, someone who looks Chinese. And, and it's just – and, you know, it, it just shows, like, how embedded internalized, like, racism yeah. you know, is and colorism um, in our upbringing. And then when we dismantle that, 
you know, and our, and just like our perspectives and our practices and, and, and when we actively work against that, um, you know, you end up having the hots for the, what is it guy? Bridgerton dude? Bridgerton. Oh, the Duke of Hastings. The Duke of Hastings. Yes. And you're like, yes. It's like, what is that? Oh my gosh. Is it Aristotle with the cave? Is it when when you like when you look outside the cave and you're like ah oh, that's glorious you can't like go back into the cave and be like ah oh, girl cave sounds like a metaphor for vagina <laughs> so I'm like I don't know the cave you talking about I don't know why oh my god it's like a metaphor for birth where you're like you get out of the cave you're like wow it's a glorious world out here (laughs) it's supposed to be what is it it's the aristotle cave i swear to god i think it's aristotle where like i'm gonna uh, google this real quick google it because now i'm gonna sound really stupid if it's not aristotle (laughs) aristotle's cave yes oh cave allegory okay let me see right here it's a cave allegory okay good job drunk rissa Allegory of the cave. So the allegory of the cave, it's Plato. Plato. Okay. So yeah. Plato. I mean, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> they somebody interned for somebody. Right. <laughs> um, or yeah, anyway. So it's like the allegory, right? Like when you see mm-hmm. like the, the the whole bit about that is like when um, when you see something more than what's in the cave and your mind, it, your mind's eye gets open to all these like beautiful things, mm-hmm, knowledge, mm-hmm. information. You can't just mm-hmm. go back into the cave and be like, cool. I like how yeah. things are in the cave. Like you want to, you know, mm-hmm, explore mm-hmm. more and mm-hmm. growing. Mm-hmm. I'm so drunk. Yeah, no, I, I get it. That's amazing. <laughs> I can tell your face is not amazed. That, that cave by Plato. <laughs> you know I can see your face. <laughs> I'm like flipping between like windows and I'm like trying to like Google that's and like a- read. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. I'm dying. <laughs> All right, so beautiful icebreaker. Of course, we're going to talk about white supremacy um, and internalized racism because we're fucking dirty night, man. That's why. Um, All right, so main activity. I was trying to find a way to like make this a fun game, Mm -hmm. but my brain cells have seriously been depleted the past couple of weeks. We're fun people. We don't need a fun game. We no, make things fun like automatically. Fun. You just have to ask the questions with a British accent. That's what I'm going to say. It's called truth or drink. You ask the questions with a British accent. And, and a British accent. Yes. yes. I'm going to be fucked. But yeah. okay. Yeah, that, that's yeah. fine. Right. That's how that's how we're going to play. But the question. So just for the audience to, to you know, be aware of. The um, questions are questions that, you know, we thought about um, that we would ask somebody who's married to a non-Filipino and questions that like you wouldn't just 
ask in a small talk. Like it's something where, you know, two good friends who have been drinking would ask each other. Oh, like right now. Like right now. So, all right. So we have the questions in front of us. You know what? My back hurts. I need to stretch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So do you want to start first? Do I want to start first? Do you want to rock, paper, scissors it or jock and boy? Okay. Okay. Ready? Whoever wins asks it. Okay. Ready? Okay. Okay, ready? Okay, ready. Go. Jack. Jack. Boy. You go first. <laughs> There's a delay. <laughs> I know. This thing's so bad. <laughs> I'm wheezing, laughing like an auntie, like a tita. <laughs> okay, okay, you go first. Fine. Whew. Okay, ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what are some examples of cultural differences you see in your daily interactions? Girl, I was like waiting for you to do your British accent, and that's why oh I said God, you go first. I was like, I'm getting anxiety trying to figure out a British accent right now. I, I forget. Okay, try again. I'm gonna start again. I forgot okay. we were supposed to do that. I gave the rules, and I just okay. <clears throat> what? <laughs> Crumpets and tea. What? What? Some examples of cultural differences you see in your daily interactions. So bad. (laughs) Okay. Examples. What are some examples of cultural differences that I see in my daily interactions with my partner? With your partner, yes. Okay. Um, The fact that he is so comfortable calling his parents by their first name. What? Like, it's such, like, a weird thing to me. Oh, that is bizarre. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, from, like, Filipino perspective, because. Yeah. Yeah. I still call my mommy and daddy. <laughs> I deal with a British accent. <laughs> um, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's one that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure I can, like, bullet point these things. Yeah. Oh, do you want to take turns back and forth so then you can sure. also start? Okay. So yours is like, yeah, that's actually a really good one. Um, okay. So I have this thing where I, I so, so one of the things that I noticed about Filipinos um, is that there is such a strong like thoughtfulness that comes with like, um, with their support with family members or um, just people in general. Like, it's one of those things where, like, for example, I would say something from, like, a long time ago, just kind of, like, offhand say something. Wouldn't think that anybody would remember it. But I've had Filipino friends and, like, my Filipino family members that would be like, oh, I remembered you saying that from a long time ago, and I'm giving you a gift to commemorate that. And I'm like, oh. That's so freaking nice, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's kind of like what I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of almost this like, 
like read my mind <laughs> thing. Like I want you to to get what I'm saying without me actually explicitly saying what I'm saying. Yes, yes. You know? Yeah. And like it becomes kind of tricky during the holidays or Valentine's mm-hmm. Day or anything like that because mm-hmm. I don't want to explicitly tell him what I want. I want him to know what that is. Yeah. But I can also see that that could be really hard for him to just read my mind, but I expect him to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have, like, you were like totally excited about that. Like what, can you give examples for you about, you know, with you and your partner, um, when that has happened? See, I was thinking about like love languages. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think about how Filipino people, Right. Like historically, they have like this, you know, according ritual, right, Mm -hmm. where in a heterosexual relationship, Mm -hmm. you would have a guy come through, try and sing you songs in front of your house, um, be like proper to the point where they're trying to impress your parents and impress the whole family. And yeah, they're trying to like legal. And then um, it's like. You have a, you know, the girl is trying to play hard to get. And that's, like, totally acceptable. And the guy's trying to shower her with more gifts. And I'm wondering if that's a cultural thing. Well, it is. It's definitely a cultural thing. totally a cultural thing. Yes. Because I also think about, like, the concept of being a, quote, unquote, like, gentleman, right? And, like, the Filipino culture where you're, like, oh, you're never going to let, like, you're going to open the door for someone. You're going to let, like, the girl pass through the door first you're going to um you know walk on the side of the road where all the cars are going or like the closest side to like the cars and like here in the u.s it's just like you open your own damn door you do <laughs> your own damn thing and that's like it's like i think if you're expecting that um what is it called if you're if you have like that expectation that like romance is supposed to look a certain way especially if you're trying to align it with the filipino culture i think you'll be really really disappointed yes no totally totally and it's so interesting because i'm not and well first of all like that's so interesting because like i think about like the soap operas in the Mm -hmm. Philippines, and like i used to watch them um with my parents and like just the kind of like oh man the romantic the romance that's being like featured in these shows and the expectations of men in these heterosexual relationships. Um, the, it's just so glamorized. And But the mm-hmm. thing is like, I, when I was in the Philippines, I saw things like that happen. Like I got to experience, even though like I was with my, now, well, I was, well, back then he was my boyfriend, but now my mm-hmm. husband. Uh, so we did long distance and I was like, no, this will be easy. Like, whatever. Like, I'll see him in like three mm-hmm. years. <laughs> we did it for three years. Um, what? I know. I know. Um, but like, and I remembered, like, I was getting wooed, dude. Like, I was getting wooed by like these guys, and um, the kind of wooing I got. Um, I'm just trying to think. Like, it was like I got, I got like random, like like sentimental presents. Um, mm-hmm that took, you know, like that was like very customized or like things that are very, very hard to get, but they got it for me. Um, or 
I thought this was a sweet one, although I think they're just really considering my safety. Um, I, what was I doing? Was I drunk? I think I might have been. Ah, okay. So like I was, I was walking home and it wasn't that far. It was probably about like two or three streets away. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was dark and I was stupid (laughs) in my young 20 year old days where I thought I was invincible. And I think I might've been, I might've been buzzed, I think. And I, so I was texting my buddy. I think I'm trying to think. Oh yeah. It was like, at a, I think we were at a party. Oh my God. See, I don't remember. Cause like, it's like, so <laughs> big. but like, um, I was texting a buddy who wasn't invited to that party, but I was coming home from a party and I was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to go walk home. Like I wasn't expecting him to walk home with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lived further away from where I lived, but like dude wakes up or like, so I'm texting, we're texting each other and it's like one o'clock in the morning or something. And I'm walking back and he was just like, hey, let me walk you. And I was like, dude, no, you live you live far away. Like, mm-hmm. you live further away than I do. This is literally, like, through my, my place is three streets away. And he's like, no, it's dangerous. I want to make sure you're safe. So dude wakes up, <clears throat> like, walks out of his pajamas, like, goes to the party that he wasn't invited at, and, like, yeah. walks me to my place and doesn't expect for him to stay at my place. And then, like, right. walks back to his place and I'm just like that's so freaking nice like yeah so nice you know (laughs) and like but yeah so I'm just kind of like oh it feels pretty good but anyway so 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 I expect that so it's not like I expect romance because like honestly romance makes me so uncomfortable yeah 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 no i feel you yeah i'm just like oh no i don't want you to sing i don't want i don't want mute i don't know i'm just not i don't want romance but i love the thoughtfulness yeah i agree you know you know what i mean yeah so but like it's a big gesture of thoughtfulness right i tell my husband like i want the little things but anyway so that's kind of one of the um cultural differences that i see kind of in our in our um, daily ritual. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally see that. Yeah. All right. Your turn. Do you have an- other examples? Cultural? I have another one. Okay. Um, I mean, like being married into the family, right? So you're, you see a lot of food. You're at a lot of like functions pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. The fact that with my family, you can go back for seconds and thirds for food. And then at like my husband's, you know, my in-laws house, people are cool with one plate or they're like cool with just like portion sizes. And I'm like, ah, there's no, I don't know. It feels so uncomfortable. I think like you want someone to be comfortable in a relationship. So you're constantly like, come on, go eat. Like, if you're hungry, go eat. But, like, this one, it's like, oh, here you go. And I'm like, oh, that's not a lot, but okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Oh, thanks. This is thanks the appetizer. <laughs> I know. So that, I think, is, like, kind of weird a little bit. Um. Oh, and then, like, just a really quick one, too, is that I, I don't know how you address your in-laws, mm-hmm. but up until now, I'm like, I don't call them mom or dad. I don't know. I don't either. Are we it's supposed weird. to? Do people do that? I have no idea. Oh, 
Yeah, no, I just call them by Because I think, like, Filipino, like, folks are like, oh, mommy, daddy, right? Like, you're able to call your (gasps) in-laws that. But, like, I think being in a different culture or marrying into a different culture, I don't even, like, call them by their first name, nor do I call them mom or dad. So I'm like, hey, (laughs) I don't say their name at all. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. I didn't even realize that. But I just thought about what my parents call their in-laws. And it is either, like, mommy or mama Mm -hmm. or daddy Mm -hmm. or papa. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, oh, interesting. That's an interesting perspective. I'm my it's genuine. I'm sorry. This my face looks sarcastic. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, no, it's actually like it just blew my mind. Just kind of um, it's the intermarrying of families. And I think that's what's so like cool about it um in our culture. And just kind of looking at my cousins who married other Filipinos, is that like there there's such an intermingling, like when you marry your partner, you marry their family. Right. In the Filipino culture. And I thought that's kind of definitely one of the bigger differences with um, more westernized Mm -hmm. um, culture versus um, Philippine culture. That's Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So food for thought. Food for thought. Yes. Um, Trying to think of it. Oh, I had another one that actually was initially. So at the beginning of our relationship, this was the thing that like, like we kind of butted heads on is demonstrating emotions. So um, for me, I grew up in a family where um, like when I'm frustrated or when we're mad, we don't emote. We don't emote it, right? Like Mm -hmm. there are little signs, little things that we do to show that we're mad. The (laughs) turn around (laughs) is like... Or just like, yeah. So like, yeah, like, or just kind of like answering in shorter and shorter answers, or just not being enthusiastic, or the the you know kind of feigned smile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing it. (laughs) Um, and because it's so subtle. Like, it's, like, more subtle, like, than the Seattle passive aggressiveness. Like, it's right. so subtle, right? Because it's – because, again, there's this inter- there's this expectation in, the, in my family to read these little signs, to be like, oh, we got to – you know, it's this thoughtfulness that I think mm-hmm, I'm so mm-hmm. used to, that when I do something like that, it speaks volumes to my family, and they'll recognize that something's up. Right. And they'll respond not by 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 calling me out on it because they'll never explicitly say anything, but to kind of like provide another subtle way to like to yeah. to appease my anger mm-hmm. or sadness or whatever. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. just like such a it's like a mind reading thing that happens mm-hmm. in my family. Um and nobody ever explicitly says, I'm sorry. Nobody ever explicitly says, this is why I'm mad. But somehow it just gets taken care of, you know, yeah. through these like very subtle ways of communicating. And so I brought that into my relationship with my spouse um, in our early stages where when I would get mad, like I would never tell him I'm mad. Um and it, it'll take a little bit for him to coax it out of me. And uh-huh. not because I'm withholding, 
being passive aggressive in that way, but because like, I've just not been taught to like express my frustrations in such an explicit mm-hmm. way. So um, that's definitely something that I've grown to be able to do like in my relationship with my partner um, to be more explicit. So like now he's like, are you angry? I'm like, yeah, I'm angry. <laughs> this is why I'm angry. And so now I'm more explicit about it. But is that kind of like, some, I saw you nodding. Is that kind of something that you've experienced? Well, I can agree with you to an extent because I'm also like, hmm, okay, well, do whatever then. You know, that's like my little thing. And it's like, you know what? Like for me, it's like, I think like, okay, I, I am mad. I don't want to say I'm mad, but I'll give you a smart ass answer yes. to kind of signify that I'm mad. Yes, but yes, then yes. my spouse is like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's like a really white way to like deal with things too, where you just take everything at like face at value. face value, yes. Yeah. And you're like, all right. And I'm like, why don't you understand why I'm pissed? <laughs> so but true. I've just gotten to that point already where it's like, you just have to communicate and just be like, I'm pissed. And this yeah. is why I'm pissed. Right, exactly. And I think it's just identifying what works for your relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that subtle form of communication. Because like in my family, in the it might with my immediate family, like my mom, my dad, my sister, my sister, like my sister and I like were like, twins almost you know with mm-hmm. or not twins but like twins can read each other's minds but we're almost <laughs> telepathic you know uh-huh. and, and it's a lot of those like very minuscule facial expressions or like subtle things and and it works for us it works for our relationship and it works and even with my parents you know like it works for our relationship and so mm-hmm. i think it's really just identifying what works for your relationship Right. Like if more clear communication, because like whatever people say, like, oh, you just need to have clear communication. Like, I think it's clear to your relationship. Right. Like being mm-hmm. a page within your relationship and however that looks. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of a unique, unique cultural barrier that my partner and I had. Um Oh man, we can't keep going with these. I know. Because I, I, know. Was, I knew I was like, man, this first question, but I'm like recognizing time as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you want to move forward to the next question? Sure. Like your next question. Okay. Yeah. British accent, okay. remember. Okay. Fuck. I have like anxiety trying to figure out this British accent because I'm like, I don't want to like fucking screw anything up, but whatever. Hopefully enough Great British Bake Off and Bridgerton has helped me through this. And if not, I apologize. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, what are <laughs> some? <laughs> oh my god, this is fucking embarrassing. What are some Filipino practices you hope to instill in your half Filipino ex kid kiddo? Kiddo. <laughs> kiddo. Okay. So, what are some Filipino act- practices? Um. Okay, so I think we talked about like the thoughtfulness. I really, really love that about people. Just being able to kind of get away from just thinking about yourself in this space, but also um, just thinking about just thinking about others, you know. Um, but not not to the point of like sacrificing your own needs, because there are people who do that who would bend over backwards and sacrifice their own. <laughs> you know, um, safety and kindness and stuff. And I would never want to instill to my daughter, 
like you have to be nice to people who are being assholes to you because don't right. do that. Don't do that. But I, I think it's more of like just the thoughtfulness of like of of kind of, you know, doing things out of the kindness of your heart without being told to um, or just kind of watching what people need. So like, for example, one of the things that I grew up with, I like, I still like think about that too, is my parents always said, like, if you see somebody doing chores, like, like, so you're you're in a household, right? And you see somebody Mm -hmm. doing chores, like, don't just sit there, right? Like figure out how you can help out. Um, Right. And that's something that I've, I've kind of loved to bring to my kid. Um, it's just that sense of thoughtfulness and that community mindedness um, that Filipinos have. Mm-hmm. See, you yours see? is like so deep. I love oh, that. Is it? <laughs> yeah, because um, I was going to say that when it comes to Filipino practices, and I think this kind of goes back to what episode was that? Are you Filipino enough episode? <gasps> yes. Um, for me, I'm like anything that is connected to Filipino culture, Filipinex culture. I'm just happy if my kid were to just absorb that. So I'm like, even if it's like learning how to play Filipino games or learning a Filipino song or eating Filipino food, my kid is so funny. So he's like two and a half. Yeah. When he goes to my parents' house, he eats Filipino food. And right now, like, what he loves the most is paksil. But, like, fish. Yeah. Fish paksil. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So he really likes that. And I'm like, you know, I want you to be eating whatever you want to go eat. You know, I think that's yeah. the beauty of the Philippinex culture or the Filipino culture where you're so resourceful. You eat whatever is there. Yeah. So Not I think that's because, Yeah. Yeah, and appreciative food. of the food. Yeah, yes, that's what it is. It's an appreciation for food because there's so it's more than just sustenance. Um, right. It's for history. It's love. Mm-hmm. It's um yeah, it's it's what connects it's what connects us to like other Filipinos. And um and so yeah, there's definitely like a little bit more of an appreciation with the food yeah. with Filipino food. And other right. people's food, right? Like when mm-hmm introduced to like other people's food or other cultures like we see how deep the connection is for food of food for particularly our BIPOC community Mm -hmm. um and so that's beautiful I like that yeah and it just doesn't have to be food too I mean like anything that's Filipinx you know like if you want to watch Filipinx movies or if you are you know interested in learning more about like the culture or like you know the different songs and artists that are out there and like just absorb it like I don't really fucking care what that yeah, looks like that's just great. get yourself immersed in the culture somehow I freaking love that because there's not that pressure right like again there's not that checklist of like if you ate this type of food and if you spoke this type of language right. and you did this and you're Filipino it's just kind of like hey if you're interested in it whatever it is that makes you feel connected to the right. culture then do that you know? mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I, that yeah. really takes out the pressure and especially because exactly. our half Filipino kids are going to experience like undoubtedly experience that pressure 
Um, mm-hmm. and we're going to work. We're going to do everything we can to be like, fuck that noise. You are Filipino enough. You are enough. Right. Right. So that's going to be the thing that we're going to be undoing um, pretty regularly. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I want to instill. I think that, oh, man, your answer is great. I love that. <laughs> I, I think I want to um, definitely like have that. Um, oh, I think that was it, man. That was beautiful. So is it my turn to ask you a question? And yes. then we can always go back to some of these questions if like we have time, but I don't even know if you have time. All right. Okay. Um, Tell me about your past dating experience. Have you been with a Filipinx person? How has that experience of dating another Filipinx person differ from your relationship with other non-Filipinx people? I've only dated one Filipino person um, who came out eventually. (laughs) Um, But like prior to that, I've had crushes on Filipino people. Um, how has that experience of dating another Filipinx person differ from my relationships with other non-Filipinx persons? Okay, so after that Filipinx person, I've dated, including my husband, three white people after. Yeah. Um, the difference about that is that I got introduced to the family first with a Filipino person. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And with the white folks, I think it was a little bit later in terms of like meeting the family. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the big one that I can think of. And the Filipino person was hella religious. Yes. Yes. The, The family was super religious. I felt like, and maybe it could be like a mix of different things. Maybe it was because I was younger that and it was a newer relationship for me or like one of my first like it was my first relationship maybe it was like I felt a little more timid I guess in my expectations Mm -hmm. but after like dating multiple people and I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what or maybe because I have gotten older I feel much more confident Mm in what I bring, maybe like even more confident in my sexuality or like yeah. more confident in um, the way that I do things. I kind of feel like with a Filipino family, I kind of had to watch myself a little. Yes, I can see that. Yep. It was more on the conservative side, yes. but I think with this, it feels a little bit more liberal. Yeah. But I think it's a factor of different things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um, I've not dated a Filipino guy, but the guys that I've, like the guys that have had a thing for me, I've definitely been introduced to their families beforehand. And like, there's almost, um, like they're like, I got praised for being and I had a code switch because I'm not my hand hand at all. Mm-hmm, but but I almost kind of like this automatic read. Like it's so interesting because like maybe it's just years and years of my mother like trying to make me my hand hand where I was just like, oh, I think that's what Filipino women traditionally want. <laughs> that mm-hmm. like I was introduced to the families. Like I immediately code switched. I code switched to being this like my hin hin, but like it's 
it's it's it's like it's like a different it's a type of mahin hin right it's like yeah yeah, yeah. but then you have to show that you're smart so like you're smart but you're timid and you have a silent confidence but not too confident right right, um, right. it's like a silent confidence that you're sophisticated right you're mm-hmm. knowledgeable um but you don't overshadow their son in some way you know you don't overshadow mm-hmm. them with like money that you make or the occupation that you have. Um, so that's, that's something that, I mean, it, uh, granted this, this was, you know, again, this is anecdotal. This isn't like every Filipino story and every Filipino um, has a very different, um, when you call it like familial experience. expectations and experience. Yeah. Um, but like for this one, it's kind of like a, was it what's who was that? Uh, it's the Jose Rizal, like she's one of the protagonists, or I guess she's a deuterogonist, um, for one of Jose Rizal's novels. Um, something Clara, Mar- Mar- oh, Mar- Maria Clara, Maria Clara. It's like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I remember just kind of like I read it briefly, but like I was like, oh, this, this is who their ideal woman is, and who my mom love her <laughs> but yeah. who my mom has kind of tried to shape me as mm-hmm. um but it was just kind of like so that's yeah so it's interesting that you know the code yeah. switching that is required to to be okayed from the family yeah that that's really interesting because i i kind of like in high school i was attracted to other people i've never dated in high school so i was a late bloomer at this point mm-hmm. first relationship that i had was at the age of 18, 19, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then it was like after college that I ended up dating a bunch of other people. Yeah. 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 Um, Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like other, because I've dated other API folks and how that differs from, granted, again, I didn't date a Filipinx person, but I've been wooed by some really cool man. Or no, my friends still. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of what else. Because I'm trying to think if it is like similar. I wouldn't be surprised if if they were. There's like one dude I dated. Um, So he is from Shanghai. Family's from Shanghai. Um, I didn't get. I didn't get the same warmth. Like I didn't get to meet their parents. I was kind of hidden. I didn't really date him mm. either, but like I was kind of, yeah. I mean, like we talked and we were talking, but yeah. we didn't date. And there was definitely no boyfriend, girlfriend title there. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, no, I didn't get to meet the family. There wasn't that same welcoming feeling that I got from all the other Filipino men that have tried yeah. to. I have boom. a question. Yes. Since you brought up the concept of like that title of like, Boyfriend and girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever, you know, partner, partner. (laughs) Um, Is it a Filipino thing to ask your partner if like you are exclusive? Because that happened with my Filipino partner. And then like my current like my I was gonna say my current husband as if I've had like multiple before so my husband right now when we first started dating 
I didn't realize that he was telling people that he had a girlfriend <gasps> until like three yes. months after I was like, what are we? And he's like, oh, we're <laughs> like, he's like, I thought we're dating. I'm like, oh, like boyfriend, girlfriend type dating. I thought we were just like messing around. <laughs> yes. I don't know if that's like an exclusive thing or not. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I had a similar, a very similar experience um, where I always wait for an, ex- for an explicit, like, do you want to be boyfriend, girlfriend, or boyfriend, boyfriend, or girlfriend, girlfriend? Like I wanted mm-hmm. to have, I wanted that to have an explicit like ask. And I don't know if it's a part of the legal ritual, um, but like I remembered in high school too, like I didn't know, like again, I was just like, no, we weren't boyfriend, girlfriend. But like the dude that I was talking to was like telling people we were boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> um, and even with like, yeah, my husband, similar thing. Like he, well, he said, I love you. And then mm-hmm. after I love you, like he's been introducing me to his, you know, his like buddies as his girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, does that mean we're girl? I guess like, <laughs> I know you said I love you. <laughs> but does Oh, that we're mean- married now and like with child. <laughs> Which is so funny because like, like we just talked about how so- how sometimes in like Filipino um, families, like there's not there's not super overt, um, explicit conversations about some stuff um, typically. And then, but this is the one thing that we hold as a boundary. Like I want right. an explicit ask if I'm your boyfriend or if I'm your girlfriend. Yeah, like, yeah. So I know whether or not to like stop talking to people or like invest time in this, you know. Yeah. yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I would be so confused with like current dating anything now. <laughs> I know. Like, I kind of like, see, so like me and my husband, we've like talked about it before. We're like, we should just make a Tinder profile just like for the day and see what happens. Because yeah. I, I like want to know how it feels. And if you've met like listeners, if you've met your spouse on like Tinder or whatever, I'm like, that's cool. Like, I, I just want to be you for like one day just to experience how that is. Because yeah. yeah, I like, knew him through a friend. That's yeah. how I met my spouse. Yeah, yeah. Power to people who can navigate dating in 2021. I know, especially during the pandemic. But, yeah. but I, I kind of miss dating a little you bit. Do. I'll be honest. <gasps> I miss dating. I do love my kid. I do love my husband. Yeah. But I'm like, I miss the thrill of dating and not knowing. But I'm pretty sure people who are like dating are like, I fucking hate not oh, knowing. Your stable relationship. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, grass is always greener, right? Like depending on where you're at. Yeah. I think it's more just like, I'm curious. Like not that yeah. I want to, but just, I mean, like, yeah, I just, I do miss the thrill. I miss the, um, the metaphorical dance of dating. Yes. yes you that's know, funny like, too. yeah, you're just like, oh, of like the mysteriousness. Cause like, I know my husband inside and out. He knows me inside and out. Like he can, he can now do the whole Filipino thing where I don't even have to tell him. And he's like, you mad. And I'm like, fuck you. I am. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Thank you very much. <laughs> you, I didn't know I was, but now I am. <laughs> like he knows me so well. And like, yeah. I'm just like, Man, I want to have like I just I just want to know I just want not know but like I just want just a little, little temporary experience of yeah. like mysteriousness because like I said I'm with my husband he knows me random question and this is mm-hmm. one of my, one of her questions but like 
if you were on a Tinder, Tinder profile, though, if you were on Tinder, on the Tinder, what? Rissa, <laughs> you're such a noob. <laughs> if you were on Tinder, um, how would you initiate contact with somebody? You're just swiping, right? And then, like, whoever matches with you, oh, is you that like how you No, you don't talk to them. You don't go like, hey, how's it going? Do you just swipe right or left? I thought like, that's what it is, right? Like, you, like if you're both swiping right, then that's when you get connected to someone. I thought that was how it worked. Okay. Fine. I'm, okay. I'm like the worst person to ask. because I don't know. I've never worked it. I, I kind of want to try now. See, I don't know if it's right or left. Swipe left is bad. See, it's like, I don't even want to create a profile because I don't want to bump into my husband's friend. (laughs) I'm going to bump into my husband's friend and then he'll be like, hey, why is your wife on here? (laughs) I'd get in trouble. She's trying to see the logistics of Tinder. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, again, my issue is like, I'm going to swipe the wrong way and I would get the wrong person. That's what's going to happen. I'll do it. Um, More fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, okay, no, but okay, so no, okay, maybe not Tinder. Another dating profile. If you want to initiate conversation with uh, with somebody, how would you initiate it to try to get their attention to make to make you stand out? Oh, see, okay, so I've been on Match Match dot com. Uh-huh. That dates me. Fuck, because there's no match. Like, is, does Match.com still exist? I think it still I think, exists. I think it's a Hulu commercial. Oh, is it really? Okay. So anyway, like, I was on Match.com last year of my undergrad because I wanted to start dating outside of my social circle because mm-hmm. most of the folks in my social circle are artists and yeah. they're all gay folks, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, I just want to be outside of my social circle, see who's out there. And just meet someone new outside of, you know, my circle of friends and my community. So I usually don't message first. I just wait for people to message me because I'm really shy. Like, I think like, I don't know. I don't think I have the guts to walk up to someone and like be like, oh, you're hot. Yeah. Or whatever. Let's, are are you interested? Do you want to go eat somewhere? Is that what people say when they want to date someone? You want to (laughs) eat? You want a drink? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so awkward. I don't even know how people ended up with me. What did I do? I used to be cool. Like I used to like have like like a clever thing to try to make me stand out or like reference something cool and not fuck up Plato's cave allegory. I I was cool. I don't even know anymore, like how I would get somebody's attention. Maybe I'll wear like a, like a nerdy tee or something. And then yeah. like, you know, like something that has like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a, a, a reference to a TV show or media that maybe not a lot of like layman people, layman, layman. <laughs> See, know. if you made a reference to like something 80s or 90s, then you would already like be like, hey, anyone over the age of 30 that sees my shirt, like, is an automatic, like, like, you've weeded out your competition yeah, already. Like, yeah, you've, so like, you like, know specifically who you want to target. Right. No, exactly. So, like, I'll wear a t-shirt where I'm like, all right, I'm going to filter these people out because 
you know, I'll, I'll definitely wear something like social justice, like, yeah, some something social justice um, to kind of show like, hey, like super feminist, super like anti-racist, like is my, my mission in life. Yeah. Anti-oppression. Mm-hmm. So maybe something like that that shows that that's the kind of person I am. And then I'll wait for people to initiate it. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, Yeah. the waiting part. Yeah. Yeah. And then you do the thing where you lock eyes with them and then you smile and then you look away. And then you like (laughs) eyes with them again and then you look away. (laughs) I don't know. Does that work still? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because it's like last two people that I've dated um, after college prior to my husband – we're all like online folks. So I met them mostly on match. And then my husband, I met through a friend. First time that I met him, I did not like him. Yeah. And then two years later, he was single. I was single. We ended up at a party and we were the only ones talking to each other. So yeah, yeah. clicked, clicked right after. And I was like, oh, you, you look cool. And like, you, yeah. you know, like worked out. You look buff. You have a goatee. You look like right up my alley now because yeah. two years prior, you looked like a nerd that I would not connect with. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Just worked yeah. out. Oh, that's so. Wow. Where are we with our questions? <laughs> I think we're on the last one. Um, you are 10. So fucking bad. Okay. So, Basa. I have one question that can be funny depending on what the answer is. And um, I would never ask this question to anyone. What, what is the weirdest microaggression you've heard while dating a non-Philippinex person? I love this question. I love this question because, because we've talked about this and it actually – um, it's popped up a few times. Okay, so uh, what is a microaggression that I've heard while dating an Filipino person? That one. What I fucking hate is that there is an immediate, an immediate um, perception that the person I'm dating has an Asian eroticization, erotic, as an Asian fetish. Yes. Or that they're into anime. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so frustrating because like, it's like, we can't just be a, an Asian slash non-Asian couple. It's, it's like, like our relationship always has to stand for something. It can't just be like a neutral, like, oh, they love each other. Like, no, that dude has an Asian fetish. And he likes anime. I can't come up with an anime, but like he likes anime. So that's one of the microaggressions that like frustrates me. How about you? That's one that I think of a whole lot, but I'll go weird. Okay. Slash funny. Okay. Because it just depends on the context, right? Yes. Okay. In-laws are white. I go to their house for some type of party or birthday Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. My husband's uncle who visits from, where's he from? Washington, D.C. or Virginia, something like that. Like him him and his wife are visiting from out of town. 
his uncle is a professor and like both him and his wife are just well-traveled folks Mm -hmm. while we're eating or like while we're about to grab food from the table there's rice right Mm -hmm. he turns to me and is like hey z did he bring the rice and like (laughs) no (laughs) i didn't i know i'm asian (laughs) i know the and i'm like the only asian person here but my mother-in-law, who's white, cooked the rice. And it wasn't me. Like, I don't, like, that was, like, the weirdest, like, cringe-worthy conversation I've had with them because I think I expected so much more yes. considering that they're well-traveled, you know? Yes. And I'm like, can you just fucking do that? <laughs> like, yes. why? <laughs> Weird, but whatever. That's bizarre. Super bizarre. Yeah. I definitely got that from, like, not from my like microaggression with being with my partner but like I've definitely gotten that oh no I've gotten that with um dating non-Filipinex folks I don't even consider it dating talking because honestly never got to the are we boyfriend girlfriend question (laughs) so we just talked but um we were talking met met a non-Filipino like their family and at a party and like I was immediately like fascinating because I'm API and they thought that I would have like very exotic stories to share. Oh my god. I mean I do because <laughs> <laughs> they were lucky that I was somebody who would have exotic stories, but it's not because I'm API, it's just cause I thought I was invincible, but I think it's just like this, this like associate, you know, this immediate like, oh, tell me about, oh, oh, and then, but here's one though. When they talk, when they ask me about my culture, they're looking for kind of this like romanticized, like developing country story. Like I could be like, well, Manila is very metro and they have all these like really, mm-hmm. you know, tall skyscrapers and they have one of the biggest malls in Asia, Mall of Asia, you know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. but they want me to talk about like, like all of the places that Tomb Raider would be going to. <laughs> Like, oh my God. I mean, that's fun too, but like, that's kind of the expectation. Like, tell me about the songs of your people. I was like, well, I mean, here are some songs. They're very westernized. They're like, no, 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 no. The songs of your people. Where are the the drums? Where's the ululating? Like, that's kind of what they're looking for. And I'm like, nah, dude. Like, we got some strong vocals. Um, where we do right. covers, got some t- Tagalog songs, but you know, like that doesn't. Yeah, there's no drums, you know. <laughs> so that was when I was like, like I, I saw a dude from like a while ago, and a long while ago before, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, and I'm like, well, not that exciting. But okay. <laughs> That's so weird. Oh, I love people, but white people, you. Some of you are fucking weird. Stop it. Stop being weird. Stop. <laughs> stop. Like, the questions that you all ask. I'm like, do I go up to white people and go like, 
your songs, the one that you've you sang like up at the Matterhorn, you know, and where's the clogging? Where's the river dance? Yeah. Like, show, like <laughs> I don't go up to people and be like, no, but really, like, where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's it's this exoticization of API right. culture that's so frustrating um so i know in the past we've talked about how white people have viewed your interracial marriage right like this is what we've been talking about right Mm -hmm. like um what has your experience been about people of color or particularly other filipinos and how they view your interracial relationship <laughs> I forgot to like I mean like I didn't type out the question so I would ask it in a British accent but I don't remember what I said. So how do Filipino people view my interracial relationship? Yes. Well, first off they make a comment about my kids. Yes. Yeah. Which is oh they're mixed, they're so cute. Mhm. Mhm. Which is kind of annoying. Yes. Because I'm like, I don't want cuteness. I mean, yay, okay, that's cool that you think they're cute. I also think they're cute, but like, I don't want it to be associated with like because they're mixed that like automatically they become cute. Um, Yes. Side note, that's actually one of my like most annoying, like, that's one of the annoying um, compliments mm -hmm. I feel like people have, like, have given my babies or just like people in general like oh you you know like before we even had a kid um people would always say like oh you guys would have cute babies because yeah. mixed mm-hmm. because you're two different you know and it just makes me so sad because i think about like oh you're saying that because my kid has whiteness in them mm-hmm. that they would be cute and mm-hmm. that's frustrating not because mm-hmm. we're two attractive people that can make attractive babies but because one of us is white yeah that's really annoying yeah um another one that i can think of about like how filipino people view my interracial relationship mm-hmm. is that automatically they assume that i only like white guys mm-hmm. uh, but i do have history of dating like three of them in a row but i think it just happened that way because my celebrity crushes anyway are like they're of all different races. Literally, I think it's internalized racism that has like skewed our view on who's attractive when we were young. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. fuck racism. Um, trying to think of what else. I don't know anything that comes up for you. Huh. So I definitely get the ooh, Rissa is lucky because she got a white guy. Like, my husband in family gatherings almost becomes a spectacle. Yes. Right? That they're like, oh, he's fascinating because he's white. He's attractive because he's white. Um, And, I mean, I feel like, I mean, genuinely, I think they do care about him. But it definitely comes up a lot, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, like. Yeah, like I know like my immediate family loves him, loves him not because he's white, but they've definitely made comments 
about mm-hmm. how he's cute because he's white. And I'm like, he's yeah. cute because he's cute, but not because he's white. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, it, I do feel like the sense of, and I think you brought it up earlier about in-laws calling each other mom and dad. I feel like no, like no matter how warm my extended family is towards my husband, I always feel the sense that he might be a little bit of an outsider, you know, because like, for example, I have family members that have difficulty speaking English. And so already he's out in, you know, out um, of some of the conversations that, you know, that, that are taking place. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and my husband never felt like he was an outsider. Like he, he's one of those people. He's so, he's so freaking charismatic. He's so adaptive to wherever you can plop him anywhere. And Mm -hmm. he will just be like, I'm charming. And I'm like, I need to have alcohol to be a delight. Like that's me, you know? Um, but like, um, so he he has never felt like he's always like, oh man, I love hanging out with the extended family, like so great. Um, but I always feel like on their side, like I don't know, like it just it hurts my heart a little bit to be like, I don't think you'll ever be fully accepted, not because they don't like you, you know, mm-hmm. but because there are just some things that he won't be privy to, like certain conversations that he won't be, like he won't get. Um, mm-hmm he doesn't speak Tagalog so but yeah yeah what are you is that something because I know I saw you nod like is that something that you've also experienced yeah I was just thinking about your comment about like how your husband is like kind of like seen as a spectacle because mm-hmm. he's white and then it kind of reminded me of when I went to the Philippines with well it was before we were married like back in 2015 or whatever and we were in a bar in like Malate area or whatever in the Philippines yeah. with my Ninong who was like with us. And obviously like my husband was like the only white guy at this bar. And if you were to look at me, my skin color, I'm brown. And like, I think about just the standard of beauty in the Philippines. Mm-hmm of lighter skin is more attractive you know so it's like I kind of like was under the impression or maybe had this lingering thought in my head of people at the bar were looking at me thinking what is this brown girl doing with this white guy who's attractive and that was kind of like a big insecurity to me and um what was weird was it was someone's bachelorette party and because they had seen him they were like hey come come take picture with us is it okay if we borrow him and I'm like yeah go you know like I don't really care you know they don't know me we're gonna leave anyway in like a couple days so I'm like go but it's really weird to think that I had that lingering thought that there was a possibility that someone at that bar was thinking, what is this quote-unquote brown, quote-unquote unattractive girl doing with this white guy? Yeah. I had imposter syndrome within yeah. my own culture. That's what it was. Interest. Oh, that's, and that's yeah. first of all, bullshit, because you're a hottie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. We'll never see any of our faces, but Z's a hottie. 
Uh, <laughs> but it is really frustrating that because you're brown, that there is an association of you're less attractive. You know, like from somebody's yeah. like really, again, very racist and colorist standard. Um, and I can I can see that. I think that's like a valid feeling to feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there are some skewed ass people mm-hmm. with very skewed, very, very flawed perspectives. Um, yeah, who think that way. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to like, it can be really hard to shake it off when that's that's been the message even very, very subtly that you hear and sometimes overtly, right? You know, that we all hear that the API community, the Philippine community hears on a freaking regular basis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's been our low noise. Yeah. Or just even the thought too, like if I were to go out with my husband with our kids, like would they even know that we're a family? Like, hi, brown person. And like my kids that could be white passing, Depending on the day, depending on how much sun they get, like over the summer, they could be white passing or Filipino, whatever. They can go either way. It's just like, I don't know. It's just a really weird feeling sometimes. Yeah. 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 But I think I don't know if it's common for a lot of other people that are out there, but I think I'm just battling with my own trauma that I've had from before that's coming up in these, you know, in these situations, which isn't exactly like a bad thing, but I'm becoming aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's not, you know, if that's something that, um, you know, if that's something that shows up mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess like any last words, last words for you. Cause, um, just kind of, a maybe, um, What's a lesson? What's something that is an epiphany for you in our conversation about being married to non-Filipinex spouses? It's hard to navigate interracial relationships. So I want to be a validating point for (laughs) folks that are out there. But I think it's even more challenging to navigate having biracial kids. Yes. So even though it's not a lesson, it's a realization of the fact that we are in this together, raising biracial kids, not knowing exactly what that's supposed to look like, but Mm -hmm. we're doing the damn thing and we're doing the best that we can. And we just got to be acceptable of that. You know, you just find your community, you find the people that you that you can confide in. Yes. Yeah. And you just find the people that support you. So, yeah, I I think that's my biggest takeaway. I love that takeaway. That's a good takeaway. And it's a good reminder, too, and and how we raise our our half white, half Filipinx babies. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I think so as you know, as we are discussing our experiences being married to our non-Filipinx spouses or dating non-Filipinx folks and all these little nuances that maybe, you know, if my husband were to listen to this episode and he's like, oh, I didn't know that you felt that way or, you know, um, mm-hmm. 
I, you know, I think there's this recognition that because we come from different cultural backgrounds and different just experiences, that there are things that he'll never understand. Um, and he'll never understand about me. He'll never understand um, about my perspective. And he can validate and he can empathize, but I don't think he'll ever understand. And I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay if he doesn't. Um, but doesn't mean that the relationship can't be fulfilling because he mm-hmm. can't ever be a Filipinx person going through this. And um, yeah, so I think I think that's my takeaway that it's okay that he doesn't. I love him yeah. anyway, and he loves me, and we're in a very satisfying relationship. Um, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if you think about it this way, you know, it's like, if you were to look at glass half full, mm-hmm. is that you're in an interracial relationship where you're learning more about each other. You have a wonderful kid who's a combination of different cultures, who's going to be living in a bicultural environment. Like that just enhances your kids so much more. So it like helps them with, even though it is tough to like navigate both sides, it just like makes them a little bit more aware and more open yeah. Two different things, you know? So I, I think like it enhances things. So I think you just so. gotta go in with yeah. that approach. Exactly. Exactly. And as promised, here's a voicemail from one of our listeners. Hi, um, I'm part of the Dirty Nanai Facebook group and I saw that you were accepting commentary for your upcoming episode on um being Filipinx and married to a non-Filipinx spouse. So that's what I'm calling about. Um, just thought I'd share a little bit about my experience. Um, I am the U.S.-born child of a Filipino immigrant, and I'm married to someone who's also born in the U.S. and is the, ch- the child of Vietnamese immigrants. Um, I think my spouse and I are actually a great match for each other in terms of both identifying as Asian Americans. I think we both have a sense of our parents and community's larger historical um, histories, trauma, struggles, and how that affects us, even though as we ourselves are, you know, living quite comfortably, middle class, privileged. Um, so there's that that we share. In terms of raising our child, who is Filipino and Vietnamese, obviously, I definitely feel like it's more challenging for me to raise her with a Filipino culture or sense of it than it is for my partner to raise her knowing some of the Vietnamese culture. Um, I think part of that is that we live around my in-laws. She hears her grandparents speaking Vietnamese. So far, she's been around that side of the family a little more often than mine. Um, So um, there's that. And I guess the other thing is that I definitely have what I would say like more baggage when it comes to my cultural identity than my spouse does um, about being Vietnamese, Um, you know, kind of like how it's been talked about earlier in this podcast. I think, you know, I grew up feeling like I was just never Filipinx enough and I didn't grow up hearing my ancestors language, which is Ilocano. Um, I think that that kind of had to do with a little bit of internalized colonial mentality um, on my parents' part, um, who really didn't infuse a lot of the culture in our family growing up. 
and I think part of it too is, you know, my mom is U.S. born like me. We, we, we both grew up in Hawaii. So we kind of tend to, um, identify a little more with like Hawaiian culture, just kind of naturally. Um, for me, it's really had to be a definite intentional choice that I've had to make as I've grown into adulthood to, remember and rediscover um, things about being Filipinx and Filipinx culture that I didn't necessarily know or maybe I forgot. Um, and I think likewise, it's like that in raising my child, like it's going to have to be a choice that I make with these, you know, we have toys and, and books that are by Filipinx businesses that help us learn about the culture together. So that's cool. Um, I know it goes beyond that. And I really, you know, hope to kind of raise her with, um, you know, in a community of other Filipinx Americans, which, you know, I live in California and that's, that's, that's um, available to us. Um, and I think like when it comes to my partner, um, you know, he kind of understands that struggle. He understands that as an Asian American, it's not easy and it needs to be intentional to, to, um, retain and pass on things about our, our culture and our histories to our kids. So I really appreciate about that about my spouse who's Vietnamese. And I, um, I know he supports me in, in doing that. And I just don't know if I would have the same kind of support if I was married to someone that either wasn't Asian American or the child of immigrants and stuff. So I'm excited about my journey with my toddler who's, um, who um, is going to get to know about both sides of her her culture from her two different parents. So thank you. And I'm enjoying the podcast so far, and I enjoy the opportunity to chime in. So thank you so much for creating it. Bye-bye. Not too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid, six months old. Not too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid, six months old. Not too hot, not too cold. Not too hot, not too cold. Not too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid, six months old.